There are a ton of myths out there around money that are just masquerading around as truth. And these are likely holding you back from achieving your financial dreams, holding you back from living out your ideal life, maybe causing you to feel overwhelmed or just really uncomfortable with your finances. I want you guys to ping me on social and tell me how many of these money myths do you believe? What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Reineman. Welcome back to the show. So excited to have you guys here. And thank you so much for being a part of this amazing community. Our show today was actually recorded as a panel recording at FinCon in 2019. And I had some amazing people that came and joined us in the podcasting booth there. And we actually aired a show back in October 2019 on October 14th called Money Secrets That People Keep That Are Actually Pretty Common. And I had a lot of fun with that show. I know that they did as well. Well, we're having them back here and we're going to be talking about common money myths that people believe to be true that simply aren't true. If you believe in any of these, it's totally fine, but hopefully we can change your opinion on those. So let's jump right in and talk with all of our friends at FinCon. So first up, we have Whitney from the Money Nerds podcast. I love Whitney, what she's doing. Let's hear what she has to say about common money myths that people believe. I'm Whitney from the Money Nerds podcast. One of the biggest myths around money is surrounding our credit scores. A lot of times we think that you have to maintain a balance on a credit card in order to boost your credit score, and that is not true. In fact, you should probably not do that and only utilize between zero and 20% on the high end. But that's a huge myth that I see that needs to be debunked big time. Yeah, they need to understand, one, utilization, but two, don't carry a balance on your credit card, please. No, please don't. (laughs) That's a really interesting one that Whitney pointed out because most people aren't really familiar with their credit scores. We've actually gotten a couple of questions around credit and credit scores and what goes into them and how to raise your credit score. And I think I'm going to end up doing a whole show on that because there's so much content that can be packed into it, but you definitely do not need to keep balances on your credit card to boost your credit score. Definitely agree with that money myth. Please don't carry balances on credit cards. It's extremely expensive and you should be applying those funds, pay that down, and then applying those funds to other things. Could be savings, could be paying down your student debt, could be additional payments on your mortgage, anything else other than paying the bank a bunch of fees sounds better to me. Next, we have up an amazing financial planner, Brianna from 1 Million Apples podcast. I'm Brianna from 1 Million Apples, and I'm going to talk about the spouse thing again. So basically, people think that if there is a money champion in the household, that it's cool if they handle all the money and the other person might not need to maybe be a party to it. But it's really important for couples and partners to work together. And so it's not necessarily a great idea to have one person do everything and then the other person isn't really a part of the conversation. So right now I'm working with somebody that they need to speak together because it's creating a lot of tension in the house and she's holding a lot of the financial burden and he doesn't necessarily know that she's doing that. And so we talked about going on money dates and having these conversations just to tune each other in. So while she's the financial champion, it's really important that she brings him into that conversation to alleviate a lot of that pressure and that contention. 
Well, I love what she's talking about here because we talk about having, of course, there's a family CFO or the household CFO where one of you is likely going to take control over the finances. But as Brianna says, I completely agree. And we've talked about on the show that doesn't give the other spouse the ability to just completely check out because then how are you guys going to not only talk about your goals and get on the same page financially where you're leaning into those goals, kind of like how Taylor and I were talking about when we put together, you know, our budget and we're looking forward first, she was completely against it, right? She's thinking this is too limiting. She had a just different belief around what a budget was or the dreaded B word, right? But as we we're able to talk more on these things and we go on money dates and all that other kind of fun stuff that I joke and call financially frisky. We were able to not only get on the same page, but then it helped each hold each other accountable because as expenses came up, it was like, mm, no, let's not spend there because we want to save for that Australia trip that we went on or the next trip that we're going on. We're planning some really fun little small trips with the kids. And so we're we're back and energized from our Australia trip. And, and so we're, we're saying, Hey, where can we actually allocate funds to go to these places? So she's not checked out. If she was, it would be really hard for me to try to convince my spouse to do something that I would like because they wouldn't be on board. So I completely agree with Brianna on this one, just because one of you might enjoy this or drew the short straw and has to do this doesn't give the other spouse the ability to just completely check out. Definitely get on the same page, go on money dates, get financially frisky, have better conversations and kick butt when it comes to your finances. Now I'm bringing back on the amazing Australian voice of Steve Crawford because I was fortunate enough to hang out with him while we were at FinCon. Let's see what Steve has to say about money myths that other people believe. Yeah. So again, I'm Steve Crawford from the Advice Movement, uh, School for Financial Advisors, and I'm sort of an advisor to advisors. Uh, and collectively, I think financial advisors tell me the number one uh, myth that they hear and see from everybody is that you've got to have money to seek quality advice. You know, you've got to have a lot in the bank already or have a lot in your retirement account already. But the number one thing that advisors would always tell those clients is, you know, geez, I wish I had seen you when you were 25, 30, 35. The earlier you start making conscious decisions around your money, even if they're only small ones, it's so much easier than it is to try and sort of pull the handbrake and make drastic lifestyle changes in those last sort of 10 years before retirement. So the myth, you need money to, to make good decisions or seek advice, that's just wrong. Start early uh, and then just slowly work at it over time. I actually see this a lot and I agree, you know, he's a planner of planners. And so he gets to talk to a bunch of us. And one of the things that I hear is, well, Ryan, I, I'd love to work with you guys, but I don't have anything to invest. Now, if you've listened to any amount of the show, we barely talk about investments because it's one piece of the pie. Now, granted, I have some content coming around investments that I've already recorded, and it's going to be killer content to help you guys understand and not be afraid of investing. But as Steve says, you don't have to have money to seek quality advice. That's why we charge a fixed flat fee to work with people. It doesn't matter how much money, how little, if you're just starting your accounts or you have billions of dollars, doesn't matter. It's one piece of the puzzle. There's so many other pieces that go into it. Are you protecting your income with insurance? Do you have the right bank structure set up and things automated? Are you looking at your actual cash flow or the dreaded B word and making sure you're spending money in the way that makes you happiest, right? Of course, there's investments inside of there, but there's so much more that goes into that. 
So I, I agree with Steve. I love this. Doesn't mean that everyone is needing to go out and hire an advisor and work with an advisor. There's plenty of you out there that DIY this stuff. And that is completely awesome. Keep listening to our free content and, you know, the blogs and other blogs and podcasts and great books that are out there that will help you. But for some of you that don't nerd out on the stuff that don't want to spend your nights and weekends trying to put plans together and actually take control over your finance, you might need to work with someone, but you don't need to have a ton of money in investable assets to seek high quality advice. I'm bringing on another planner, Tim Baker, who you guys have heard from a few times, good friend of mine, kicking butt on the Your Financial Pharmacist podcast, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Hi, this is Tim Baker, certified financial planner at Your Financial Pharmacist. A financial myth that many believe to be true is that you have to be rich in order to be successful. A lot of our self-worth is often centered around the ones and zeros in our bank account, and I don't think that to be true. I think really what makes you happy and constructing a a plan that is in line with those thoughts is the number one thing that many young professionals and really Americans should should focus and put in first things first. You know, Tim had really good advice here is that you don't have to be rich to be successful, right? We can all have our own frame of success, whatever that means to us. To me, one of the ways that I judge how successful I am in business is do I have to wear you know, formal clothing and a, a jacket and a tie and you know, go into work somewhere. That is not success to me. Mine is being able to work on my own terms with the people that I love and want to work with and be able to help them through it. And do I have to wear shoes or can I wear sandals? It's the simple things in life. I don't like shoes. I love sandals. And if I can work with physicians and help them understand and take control over their finances and I can wear sandals doing it and I can still participate in all the stuff for my kids, the pickup, the drop-offs, having high quality time with them every single day, then that's success to me. It doesn't mean that I have to be uber rich and have millions and millions in the bank. It's not important. And I think Tim, being a fellow life planner, hit the nail on the head with this one. One of my favorite people in the physician space is Victor. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say about money myths that people believe. I'm Victor Mangona from the 39.6 blog and Facebook group. A money myth that I often see is that people believe that their income is limited. So many times I see people trying to make ends meet and they say, I have this much money and I'm trying to afford these things. And they're trying to squeeze everything into a budget, which is, I know, a kind of a bad word. People often throw around the word budget. But they often don't focus on the other side, which is the unlimited side. There is no limit to how much you can actually earn from your job or other jobs or businesses. So uh, a lot of people focus on what can I cut back or how can I squeeze this? But really, how much can you really make if you really wanted to make that much money? The sky is the limit. It's amazing what people can actually achieve when they really dedicate their efforts toward that. I think that was really well said, Victor, and, and I think that's excellent excellent advice, right? We talk about budgeting or the dreaded B word on the show. And it's so you guys understand how money's flowing in and how it's flowing out, but it's not meant to constrict you. It's meant to really set you free to make sure that you're spending money in that way that makes you happiest. But on the flip side of this, and I see this a lot with the fire movement 
and physicians who are trying to focus on, well, how much do I have to save in order to hit this exact date so I can just get out of medicine? I hear it all the time. Some of you are not like that, but a lot of you are that email me. And I love Victor's thought process. It's a different mindset, right? It's flipping the script. Income is unlimited. And if you focus on increasing your income, you don't have to squeeze everything out of that budget and pinch pennies in order to hit the next goals that you have. So I think it was very, very well said, Victor. The next person we're bringing on is Bill Yant. And of course, you guys all know Bill. He's very active in our community, in our forums. It was amazing to actually meet him in person. And Bill talks about something that's interesting. So let's hear what he has to say. This is Bill Yount. I'm with the Financial Literacy Project and uh, Pivot Points MD. And one money myth I'd like to get out there is that it's okay. I'll spend first and save last. The myth is it's inverse thinking. Save first, meet your future self, save for that person that needs your help 40 years from now and spend the rest. Now, I wouldn't say this is so much of a myth as it is a really good statement around saving for the person who really needs your help. It might be 20, 30, 40 years from now. And that is a long time away. And it is hard to say, well, I've delayed everything all this time through training, just getting out, going to make good money. Oh, and I'm going to save a whole bunch of money for my future self in 40 years. I know that's a tall ask. Do you want to be that physician that's going and doing rounds and having to take call and all that stuff when you're 65 and 70 because you have to? Or do you want to be the physician that decides, I don't want to take any more of the crappy calls and I want to work two days a week because I truly love what I do, not because I need the money for it. And I like Bill's thought process on this and hopefully that resonates with some of you. The next one up that we have is Michael. Let's hear what Michael has to say. This is Michael with Financially Alert. So one of the biggest myths about money that people have in their head is that they have to do this alone. There's, there's a ton of people out there that really need the help and the assistance and guidance to really get ahead in the financial space, but they think that they have to do this alone, but they don't. There's a whole community out there. There's coaches, there's advisors that can really help you to kind of take that next step to where you need to go. So getting out of your head that you have to do this alone and just kind of reaching out can really help propel you to that next level of financial independence or whatever you're ultimately trying to seek. I completely agree with what Michael's saying here, and it's short and succinct. It's to the point. You don't have to do this alone, right? Coaches, advisors, everyone is around to help you take the next step, but it doesn't mean you have to work with those people. Again, some of you are very DIY. There's communities of people that will help you talk through these things and make sure that you're thinking the right way. Now, does everyone online, are they going to be kind? Are they going to be nice? Are they going to even know what they're talking about? Absolutely not. So don't take what you read online as the gospel, but there's a community out there that can help you through these things. And I'm referencing our own amazing community. There's 5,000 of us in our Facebook group right now called Physician Finance. The shortcut to that is financialresidency.com slash community. Come ask questions, network around, talk to people. We're here to help you. So please, you don't need to hire an advisor. You don't need to hire a coach. And continue listening to blogs, all that stuff. Some of you will need to do that, but join our community and we're here to help. You're not alone. Our next guest and our third financial planner for the show is another good friend of mine, Patrick Ortman. And I can't 
wait for you guys to hear what he has to say because this is so needed. I hear this all the time and I need you guys to all understand that what Patrick is about to tell you is completely true. So let's cut right to Patrick and hear what he has to say. Patrick Ortman with Ortman Financial Planning. So one common myth that I think people believe to be true about money is that they need to do something remarkable to achieve their financial goals. Like they need to go invest in something exotic, you know, achieve some outsized investment return, do something, have some special skill. And then if they don't get that silver bullet, that one special thing, they're going to be broke and not, not get where they want to be. And that's just totally garbage, right? You know, financial success can be very interesting, can be very boring. You know, you don't need to be Warren Buffett. You don't need to get some sort of genius stroke of skill or luck to be able to get where you want to be. And believing that you do often leads people in the opposite direction. They're chasing something exotic. They're getting stressed about a perceived lack of success instead of just embracing where they're at and saying, this is where I am. This is what I can do. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to get where I want to go. And so, yeah, I mean, I just encourage people to say, focus on what you can do. And there is really no reason to get all worked up about needing to be in the top of the top of the top in terms of how you're pursuing those financial goals or your financial independence. So you guys didn't get to hear my response to Patrick live, but it was like, preach brother, this is amazing because I hear this a lot, right? You've got to do something exotic, right? You, you don't need to be the next Warren Buffett. You don't need even skill to do some of these things. You need patience and discipline and to be able to understand what you're doing, but you don't need those exotic investments. You don't have to chase returns in order to achieve some of the goals that you have. Sometimes when we work with people, we see that they actually are saving too much and to a point that it's actually hurting their quality of life. Now, some of you are probably laughing, but like, that's not me. That's cool. Like everyone's at different points. But the point that I want to drive home, and I think Patrick did an amazing job here, is to say you don't have to do something remarkable in order to achieve your goals. You have to know what your goals are. You have to be on the same page with your spouse in order to do those goals, right? But you don't need to invest in crazy exotic things and take exorbitant amounts of risk, try to hit a bunch of home runs. Investing is about being boring and hitting a whole bunch of singles. I'm dropping some baseball references in here. But I think you guys get the point. And our last but certainly not least is Tim Ulbrich from the Your Financial Pharmacist podcast. And Tim has a really cool, unique perspective on finances. I love their podcast. Even if you're not a pharmacist, it's still, I think, worth checking out. So let's jump in with Tim from Your Financial Pharmacist. Yeah, I'm Tim Albrecht from Your Financial Pharmacist. And when it comes to myths about money and, and what people believe the truth that typically aren't, one that comes to mind for me is that, you know, coming to the point of being debt free, specifically about student loans, is the holy grail, right? And and for me in pharmacy and myself going through a journey of paying off more than two hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt, now in pharmacy we have the average of about one seventy-three. So many are right rightfully so are focused on that as a goal, but they lose track of everything else while they're in that journey, but also beyond that journey. And I think when you think about the life after student loan debt, you know, insert whatever you're, you're paying towards student loans and all of a sudden new goals, new expenses come to be, right? Whether that's uh, investing goals, whether that's kids' college, family-related things and expenses. So I think it's just a great reinforcement that when you talk about financial planning, whether it's investing, student loans, uh, income protection, you name it, those are all just one part 
of a broader plan, and you really need to be looking at that plan in a comprehensive nature. Oof, student debt, right? Our average client's got $300,000, well, $290,000 of student debt. Some of you are sitting out there going, gosh, I wish my loans were only that. And, you know, we've talked about student debt a ton on the show, but we've also talked about a lot of other things and student debt isn't where this ends, right? Once you've paid off your student debt, whether it's going to get forgiven through PSLF, you've refinanced, I mean, rates are at historic lows. So heads up, go refinance if you haven't, or at least run quotes. Even if you refinanced a couple months ago, it might be a good thing to take the time and effort to go refinance again. Once those student loans are gone, money's going to free up. And what I don't want you to do is to immediately let lifestyle inflation occur. And then you turn around and you spend that entire amount. Because before, when you had student loans, the money was actually going, yes, you had minimums on your payments that you had to make. But if you were making those or any payments above it, that was actually positively increasing your net worth. So I'd really encourage you guys, maybe take a little portion of that, have some fun, but the rest of it, put it to things that are going to positively increase your net worth. That might mean paying a little extra on the mortgage. It might mean paying off other types of debt. It's likely going to mean investing probably in a taxable account. But if you're not maxing out your retirement accounts, your IRAs, those things should probably be doing those. But back to Patrick's piece, don't go chasing all the exotic investments. Just make sure you're doing some of the right things that we've been talking about on the show and don't let your lifestyle inflate once the student loan debt is gone. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed this show and hearing from some other people other than myself talk about some of these money myths. And I thought it was a fun thing. If you guys like these panels, tag me on social at Financial Residency. Let me know. If you hated the panels, still tag me or maybe send me a DM. But either way, you know, thank you guys so much for being here. I love doing our quick community updates because I think it can help bring us together and at least let you know what's going on in our community. So, you know, we're back from Australia. We had an amazing trip And yes, we kind of milked it a little bit, you know, by doing three shows there, but I actually had Taylor there and it was amazing settings and it was really neat to be able to record in a different place. So hopefully you guys liked it. If you're following on our Instagram at financial residency, you get to see a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff of videos and what we're doing, what we're experiencing. And I think I'm going to keep that up. It's been actually really fun. Um, A lot of you have actually decided to start following us. So I don't know if you just like the content more or not. If there's content you guys want to see, email me, ryan at financialresidency.com. Send me messages on on Insta at financialresidency or direct message. I want to hear from you guys. I want to be able to help you guys understand your finances. I look at the podcast as we're going, you know, five feet down and a mile long. I don't like going super, super granular on a subject because most of you don't need to understand it that well in order to take action. And that's really what I'm trying to do with this entire show in every show is to get you guys to take action, to take some responsibility for your finances and to kick some butt. Our book that we've referenced a few times that Taylor, my wife is co-authoring with me is going to be coming out in early April. And it would mean the world to us if you would support us by buying the book. And even if you're not going to read it, you know, all this stuff or you've listened to every show, you're still going to get a lot of value but give it to someone else and make sure while you're at it, share this podcast with other physicians so we can help them take control over their finances. 
Last little piece is the financial fellowship is opening up again. And we will be opening up on April 18th. And I've talked about it. It's on our newsletter. If you're not on our newsletter, get on our newsletter. The link is going to be in the description of this show itself, or you can just cheat and go to financialresidency.com slash subscribe. Email me if you have any questions on what the fellowship is. I'm going to cap it again, probably at 25 people again, just so it's not overwhelming and it's a positive experience for us all. But if you are more of a DIY person and you want to build your own financial plan without paying thousands and thousands of dollars to a financial planner, this will be the spot you do it in. So have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you on Friday. Cheers. Oh, wait, just kidding. Before we end, we've got to talk about that important disclaimer. And obviously, you guys know that I love doing this podcast. And I want to encourage you guys to take control of your finances and seek more financial knowledge. But remember, please treat the show as education only. It's not a full financial plan. We don't go in depth on these things on our Friday shows and our Monday shows. We don't we don't have that information and I can't give you specific investment or financial planning advice. So if you'd like to create a plan for your finances and feel like it may be a little bit too much to manage, reach out to me at Ryan at financialresidency.com. Check out our fee only financial planning firm, physicianwealthservices.com. We're still taking on clients. Casey, I know would love to work with you. All right, everyone have a great week. Cheers. 